the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle of taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talk with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Welcome to The Kingdom and Its Stories, this particular edition. And um, we're delighted to have Jeff Cox with us uh, today. And uh, we're going to be interviewing Jeff. But before we begin the interview, I just want to say that the motive and the reason we do this broadcast is to interview people who can stimulate our hearts and our minds to think more broadly about how Jesus can use us as his hands and feet in the places where we live and serve and work. And um, and Jeff, welcome to the Kingdom of Stories. And uh, Jeff and I had a chance to uh, talk a little bit yesterday and get acquainted, and today we can actually see each other on the Zoom call. That, uh, so, Jeff, welcome, and uh, it's great to have you with us. Thank you, Bob. It's good to be here. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, st- start off, if you would, by telling us, what do you do? What is it What is it? do you think that motivated us to contact you and say, could you, could, could we interview you for these stories? I'm not exactly sure, but I do coach baseball and wrestling and football at a local high school and uh, club sponsor at the high school for the FCA club or Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And uh, I also work with veterans who have PTS and also TBI in the Valley. Oh, wow, that's good. That was a really good short one. Um, <laughs> give, us an, give us an elevator speech, Jeff, and tell us who is Jeff Cox? Well, I was born in Phoenix, Arizona, lived here all my life, except mm. for a year and a half in San Marcos, California, where I did some training. But uh, I uh, graduated from high school here, went to Grand Canyon University. Uh, but in my senior year of high school, uh, I was very depressed and uh, had suicidal thoughts. And so I had decided to kill myself and was driving my car down Greenway Road in front of my high school. I was going to drive into a power pole. And I heard a voice in my head say, don't kill yourself, and which was strange. I had never heard a voice before or since, and I went home. And a couple of days later, one of the girls at my high school was involved in the Campus Crusade for Christ high school ministry at our school. Yeah. I didn't know that, but she invited me to a meeting where um, they were talking about love, dating, and relationships. And uh, the reason I was going to kill myself was I felt like nobody loved me. I felt wow. like there was nobody who I could really trust. Uh, my friends were not really good people. 
And uh, I went to the meeting, heard the gospel of Jesus Christ for the first time, and uh, decided— and you were in high school. I was in high school. I was and you never heard school. the gospel before? Not that I remember. I mean, I think people tried okay. to share it with me at different times. Okay. Uh, I had been right. in a Bible study once, but I didn't understand what was going on. So I figured I was going to kill myself two days ago. I might as well try to give God give God a try and see if uh, he'd make a difference. And uh, and he did. Well, okay. And that's the story. That's that's pretty much the story. I, I, I met my wife through Campus Crusades High School Ministry, and uh, okay. she went to a different school. And then um, we started dating for three years while I was going to college at Grand Canyon University. It was actually called Grand Canyon College at the time. And... Um, we got married the end of my senior year, or junior year, excuse me, and I have, uh, we have four children together and okay. four grandchildren. Well, uh, being a grandpa myself, I know, I know what a joy that is. Yes. Uh, you know, it, it, honestly, it wasn't until the later years of my life where uh, I am a grandpa and I realized this is the reason God created me. <laughs> the major reason and, uh, is the the opportunity to leave a legacy in my kids and my grandkids. And, yeah. you know, that's a shock for those of us who grow up in ministry and we think that's the most important thing. Um, rather than realizing that the most important thing that God made us for is to have kids yeah. and to leave, to leave a legacy. Um, of godliness in their lives. So, um, how how old are your grandkids, Jeff? Well, I have one that's seventeen. He lives in California, and then I have one that is eight, one that is six, and one that is five, four. Okay. Wow. What a wonderful spread. Yeah. Well, tell us. You know, tell us. Uh, uh, tell us some stories about. Uh, what do you do professionally? You know, what do you do for a living? I'm assuming you you have to live. You have to put bread and butter on the table. And then how does that fit into this ministry that God has called you to? Well, I um, when I was in high school, there was a man named Bill Strickland who uh, discipled me after I chose to follow Jesus. And he started helping me to grow in my faith. And one day, uh, I, he actually taught me how to share my faith, and um, I started sharing my faith with my friends. And I had four or five guys who um, I started had led to the Lord, and I kept bringing them to him, saying, "Hey, what are you gonna do with these guys?" And he's like, "I'm not gonna do anything with them. You do something with them." And he taught me how to disciple people, and so I started discipling my friends. And one day, I said, "What do you do for a living?" He said, "This is what I do." I said, "You get paid." to tell high school students about Jesus? He said, yeah. And I go, well, how can I get that job? <laughs> and he said, well, you got to go to college. And then after you get your four-year degree, I said, in what? He goes, it doesn't matter. And then you can join the staff of Campus Crusade. So that became my plan. So I went to Grand Canyon, got a degree in Bible. <clears throat> and, uh, and, uh, and then I went, uh, I got married. <laughs> and then my wife and I decided that's where God had called us. So we were on staff with Campus Crusades High School Ministry for 25 years, working in primarily in the Phoenix area. And so uh, I still continue to do that. I'm just not with Campus Crusade anymore. Okay. Uh, for those who are listening and watching and who, who don't understand what, uh, the financial implications of what that means, does that mean you join Campus Crusade and they pay you? 
or do you have to raise support or yeah that's a great that's a great question um no what it meant was i had to quit my job i had to go to staff training in colorado where i didn't know if i still if i had a job with campus crusade right and then after they said yes we accept you now you need to raise your own support so i started making phone calls to people i knew and and asking them to give me names of other people. And in about six months, our support was raised, and we began working at Sunny Slope High School in Phoenix, Arizona. Wow. Six months. Mm-hmm. Uh, knowing the missions community, uh, I know that's a pretty short time. It was miraculous. <laughs> yeah. And isn't God miraculous? Yes, I he mean, is. I mean, that's, you know, that goes without saying when you're talking about God. But, but for us to realize it, then we say, wow, God, thank you. Thank you for doing that. So you've, you've been in, in full-time ministry then since college? Yes, sir. Wow. Okay. Uh, is it possible to be in full-time ministry if you're not um, being paid to do what you're doing by a group like Harvest or, or Campus Crusade? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I would think it would be possible. You, you know, it just depends on where you get your money from. I think working in a regular job and still doing what I do is very possible. I think it just takes a few hours a week to actually impact somebody and make a difference right, in their lives. Right. Yeah. Jeff, tell us a story. For, uh, we'll start off with two stories. Tell us one story about the kids you're working with in high school that just show how God has used you in the life of those kids. Sure. And, uh, and then also tell us a story about veterans of PCSD. Yeah. Um, so a couple of years ago, I was coaching wrestling and uh, it was during the COVID shutdowns and all that kind of a thing. So I only had about eight young men that I was teaching how to wrestle. They were all beginners. And I just really felt like the Lord wanted me to share more with them because they they were living in fear of this disease or virus or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and so I said, you know what? Uh, we, we had to wear masks on the wrestling mats and, and, you know, we had to wash everything. It was kind of weird. And then, uh, I said, you know, guys, I, uh, I wanted to invite you to get some pizza and explain to you about, uh, our club we have on campus called fellowship of Christian athletes. And anybody that wants to come can come, but it's not mandatory. Yeah. So the next day I showed up, I told him, meet me at QT, which is around the corner from uh, our school. And lo and behold, all eight guys showed up for this uh, this time. And I, I told them it's about spiritual things and, and God and that kind of thing. So if you're not interested in that, you know, don't worry about it. And uh, they all showed up, and I had my wife bring some pizza. Uh, and she's a great helper in everything we do in ministry. And so mm-hmm. she brought the pizza over. I opened the tailgate of my truck in the parking lot of QT. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Shared the QT gospel. is a gas station. Yes, QT is a gas yeah. station. And, okay. uh, and I opened up my tailgate, right. put the pizza on there, fed them pizza, told them, short, shared with them my personal story of knowing God, my God story. And uh, and then I told them about how to know Jesus and gave them an opportunity to invite him into their lives and take control. And uh, lo and behold, seven of the eight guys actually uh, indicated that they wanted to do that. And uh, Th- This is... From one time at QT? Yes, yes. On the tailgate of your truck? In the parking lot of all things. Wow, wow. We couldn't meet meet on campus uh, because of the pandemic stuff and all that. So it was very interesting. Uh, Had to get creative, so to speak. And uh, from that, I now still, I have a group of guys that I'm meeting with. Uh, Only two of those 
seven actually are still involved. Um, they are uh, Jeff and, uh, and Ralph. But uh, because of them bringing their friends and sharing their faith, we now have Jeff, Edward, Julian, Ralph, Jason, Genesis, Jesse, Tyler, and Jaden. Uh, <laughs> Jaden recently graduated or last year, and now he's in the United States Marine Corps stationed in Yuma. So, Okay. Uh, so wh- when, what year was this uh, tailgate party at, Q- at QT? What? It was 2021. Okay. All right. And so it was a couple of years Yes. So, and now you've got how many guys that you're working with like that? Uh, I think eight or nine that I'm working Crazy right now. Yeah. yeah, and how often do you meet? We meet at least once a week. We go over to Wendy's down the corner from the school, and I buy them some hamburgers and french fries, and, and we uh, break bread together and pray and read the Bible and talk about obeying Jesus because Jesus commanded us to make disciples and to teach them to obey all that he's commanded baptize okay. them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we we try to baptize the guys. Last last year, two of the guys I baptized at our church um, was one of the greatest moments of my life. Oh, boy, I bet. Yeah. So, you know, before we go to the PTSD story, um, I want you to, to tell me, how, how would you define discipleship in just a, you know, a short sense or two? What does that mean? Uh, I think it means to transfer the life of Jesus Christ into other people through the power of the Holy Spirit and leave the results to God. Um, it, it spends, it's spending time with them, living it out in front of them, uh, encouraging them, helping them to read the Bible, to connect with Jesus personally, um, to, to learn how to pray and to obey him. Okay, good. So it's, it's more than a course. Yes. It's, it's, it's life on life. It's life on life. Yeah, I think so many of our listeners come from backgrounds where, you know, discipleship means a course, you know, that you go through and you go through booklets and you, you, you're supposed to be a disciple after you go through those. Um, and, you know, I'm sure you've seen that kind of thing. Yeah. And realize that that's, that's not discipleship. Yes, many of these young people don't have fathers uh, or good father figure, and I'm kind of like the grandpa figure. <laughs> yeah, great. How, how old are you, Jeff? I'm 60. You're 60. You're, you're just a young guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't feel young. <laughs> well, yeah, but compared to me, you are you are young. So anyway, tell us about the uh, the military side sure. of uh, sure. what you do, and tell us a story that illustrates that. Uh, about 10 years. And, and Jeff, before you go on, I, I do need to tell people who are uh, watching and listening that this is the kingdom and its stories. And we're interviewing today a brother by the name of Jeff um, and uh, Jeff Cox, uh, not related to the Internet, uh, Cox, I, I assume. No. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing, uh, depending on who you talk to. <laughs> And what server um, you know people are using, but anyway, uh, we in 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 this program we try to interview people who can tell us how God is using them to be Jesus' hands and feet, and the hope is to stimulate us, those who are listening, to uh, to consider how we can be better uh, examples or how we can actually put into practice what it means to be Jesus' hands and feet. Okay, Jeff, over to you again. Well, about 10 years ago, uh, a gentleman that uh, I 
barely knew, kind of an acquaintance, called me on the phone and said, hey, can I have breakfast with you? I want to talk to you about something. His name was Scott. And I said, sure, not knowing what I was heading into. And for the next 30 minutes at breakfast, he started to tell me about the fact that he was an Army veteran, flew Apache attack helicopters in Afghanistan, uh, crashed one and uh, when his night vision went out and he was basically blind at night um, and he had PTSD as a result of what happened to him in battle. And uh, mm. I listened very patiently and I said, well, what is it that you, you feel bad about? And he said, well, I feel, I feel guilty for, for uh, you know, for killing people, <laughs> you know, and, and, uh, and being elated about it. He said, I got excited. You know, sometimes when I would do my job and I said, well, I'm, I don't know much about battle. I've never been in the military. I don't know anything about PTSD. But I said, all of a sudden, I'm thinking of this story. And I said, have you ever heard of the story of David and Goliath? And he goes, well, yeah, nine years or I think he said eight years of parochial school. So, yeah, I remember David and yeah, Goliath. Right. I said, well, do you remember what happened when, when David killed the Philistine or what happened? He said, well, tell me what you mean. And I said, well, he hit him with a rock and he he fell down. He went over and grabbed the guy's sword and cut his head off. And then I see he reached up and grabbed that head and stuck it up. And I think he was celebrating the fact that his, you know, teenager just killed a nine foot giant. Right. And uh, I said, I think he felt pretty elated. And he goes, wow, I never, I never thought of it like that. Mm. And then he told me that he felt uh, shame because in combat, they have rules of engagement. They're not allowed to, uh, just go shoot people the people have to fire on them first and and over right. there in afghanistan the, the warriors don't look like warriors they look like sheep herders and goat herders and yes. they said so we didn't know who was who and sometimes they would fire an inert flare in the direction of somebody to see if they were bad people or not right and sometimes they pull out rpgs and things like that and start shooting at them then they were allowed to protect the boots on the ground by right by shooting those folks and he said i felt like i was picking a fight and i i, I feel guilty about that and i said well are you familiar with the story of Jonathan and his armor bearer? Mm. He's like, no, I don't remember that one. <laughs> Tell me about it. So I explained to him that they went up to the Philistines and picked a fight because they were supposed to be fighting them, but nobody was fighting. And, right. and, and God gave them a great victory that day as they fought back to back on a hill on a mountainside. Uh, and they killed 20 people. And then all of a sudden, God gave a great victory to uh, the armies of Israel that day over the Philistines. And he just looked at me and said, man, you've helped me more in the last 30 minutes than six or seven years at the VA. Wow. And I said, I, I haven't helped you at all. I said, if anything helped you, it's because God's word and God is helping you. And he, I think he just put those things in my mind. And, he, yeah. and so wow. that, that forged a relationship. And uh, I began discipling him on the condition that he would help other veterans. And now we've got groups all in Payson, all, I mean, all over the state, helping veterans who have PTSD, TBI, and they're suffering. What's TBI? Traumatic brain injury. Okay, and that comes from a physical? Um, yeah, usually from a concussion of some kind. You I, get, I see. You get blown up in an IED or something like that and you hit your head and you have right. concussion okay. symptoms, that kind of a thing. So, so how, how many guys with PTSD do you think God has given you the privilege of um, ministering to them? Well, directly, probably about... 10 or 15 guys, but Scott is actually helping minister to literally hundreds. Yeah. Okay. But for you, does that mean just a meeting occasionally, or is that like with your high school kids, a life on a life? 
it's it's more life on life. I help Scott. I'm just still discipling him, helping him grow in his faith okay. and, and work right. through his PTSD. And the, we have a group on Sunday nights that we meet with um, that are in our area of town. Um, and uh, other than that, I'm one of the leadership members of Bridges to Healing Arizona, which is the group that we're with in helping. Um, we actually started the group within the last year. Uh, we're putting a website together and that kind of a thing so that we can try to reach more veterans in the area. Okay. Uh, do, are you able to follow through with those guys so that you have an idea of, of how they do after you're working with them and counseling with them? Yeah, the, the interesting thing about it is that once they start going through the combat trauma healing manual that we use that was developed by the military ministry of crew, um, they don't really want to leave. They want to keep meeting every week. So we're always meeting. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And you're able to see changes in the lives of these guys? Absolutely. Um, Scott, you, you Scott, gotta... Scott was ready to kill himself. He literally had put a pistol okay. in his mouth be right before he called me and uh really yeah well, and now he, he's a different person i mean he was he was a mess and he sounds like a guy on. by the name of jeff who was driving toward a power pole pretty much we were in the same boat on <laughs> in many different decades yeah right okay and and can you quickly tell us a story of one of these guys with ptsd that how christ has changed their lives well, yeah, there's there's a gentleman named Mike who was in the United States Marine Corps. He was in Vietnam. He was uh, on the flight crew uh, in Vietnam. And uh, in his job one day, they uh, friendly, uh, our, I don't know if it was our Air Force or our Navy, bombed the airstrip that they were working on and, and were doing the flight crew stuff. And uh, he's had, he had incredible anger issues. Um, I mean, just fly off the handle, want to fight you, kind of, kind of stuff. And uh, this is was our own military bombed the yeah, bombing. Bombed, yeah, okay. and uh, you know, you see a lot of things when you're on the flight line. I mean, I'm sure yeah. there are helicopters coming in with people who you know aren't in good shape and things like that. But you know, dreams, um, recurring dreams, um, they, a lot of flashbacks and things happen, and. Uh, Mike has been coming for quite a few years now and have seen a remarkable, remarkable changes in him. He, he's so much more calm and at peace. He's able to work through a lot of the things that he's dealt with. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. If you had a, a minute or so to talk to those who are listening who aren't employed, you know, by Fellowship of Christian Athletes or campus crusade just the kind of regular guys who are holding down a regular job what would be your advice to them you know in terms of being able to reach out to high school kids or or people who are going through incredibly difficult emotional experiences like those who have pc pc how do you say it ptsd ptsd how what would you what would your counsel to them be well I may be alone in this, but <laughs> I feel like the um, the command to go and make disciples wasn't just yes. for people who get paid to do it. It was for all believers to go and make disciples. And so I think if, if we're going to be a disciple, we need to obey Jesus, first of all. And that's all I'm doing. 
even though I, it's my life work, it's my calling. But right. I have seen plenty of people, including these teenagers that I'm working with and these veterans, they are making disciples. They are doing the same thing, and they can multiply their faith. So my encouragement would be to look around you, ask God, where are the people you want me to reach? Help me to reach them. Help me to teach them how to obey you. Help me to get them baptized. Help me to help, help, me to help them find you and find the forgiveness that you offer and the life change that you offer and get to work. I mean, it's, it's not hard work. It's trying sometimes, uh, but it's, uh, it's one of the most rewarding things you would ever do. And even if you only disciple one person your whole life, you're obeying Jesus. So it's being obedient. Yes, sir. And encouraging others to be obedient. Yes, sir. You know, one of the things that um, I talk about you know, when I talk to people about discipleship is I, I say, you know, the to, for me, the evidence of discipleship is that you look more and more like Jesus. That's the proof. If somebody's going through a study, but they don't look more like Jesus then I really question whether or not they're being discipled. I agree. Or that they are discipled. Jeff, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. And I just want to encourage those who are listening to listen to what Jeff has to say. Be obedient and encourage others to follow Jesus as you are following them. And don't do that through a manual, but do it life on life. God bless you, Jeff. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. Jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on The Kingdom and Its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.